Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action, and ignite entrepreneurship in your community. Well, welcome back. It is my sincere pleasure to invite Chuck Eason. You and I have known each other for a number of years when I joined NACI. Uh, gosh, I'm in my seventh year. You're one of the first people that I had the pleasure to meet. So when we decided to do this Energy um, Innovation Summit, and, and thanks to the Community and Technical College Consortium for um, partnering with us on it, um, you were at the top of the list. So thank you for being here. Um, as we chatted about a little bit earlier, would love to hear about your background. Um, I often think about how does one go from being a rocket scientist literally to being a leader in the community college system? So let's begin with that. Maybe you could share with everyone today a little bit about um, your journey uh, in terms of what your original career aspirations were and um, and what you've been doing in the last couple of decades that's been really amazing to see. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me this today. So uh... My background, I guess I would say, first of all, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So when I was in high school, I never had a job. I had a lawn mowing business, an auto detailing business. And then when I went off to college, I continued doing uh, auto detailing business. I went to UC San Diego and down in La Jolla, they had all these Mercedes and Porsches. So I had this route of uh, cars <laughs> I did for auto detailing. So I didn't have a real job, I guess, in college. But then after I graduated from college in engineering, I did uh, have a real job. I worked in the aerospace industry for five years for TRW and the what's called the ballistic missile program. So we were uh, fielding the Peacekeeper missile. I spent a long time out in the missile silos in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. But uh, after uh, we won the Cold War and uh, uh, I got laid off in late 1991 and we didn't need any more nuclear missile systems. So I decided to go back to my kind of entrepreneurial roots and uh, I actually, right after I was laid off, I went to a business broker and uh, looked at it like a dozen different businesses and uh, uh, ended up buying a, a small gourmet coffee house. So I went from being a rocket scientist to serving coffee. And funny thing is, I, I didn't even drink coffee at the time. And uh, I figured, you know, in a recession, people are still going to come in for their cup of coffee, you know, you know, cappuccino or whatever it might be, a kind of addictive repeat product. I'd never even operated a cash register or anything before either. So I learned all that. And I tell you, uh, you know, owning the coffee house, I probably learned more than I did getting my MBA as well. Uh, so that's something that uh, uh, you learn a lot actually doing it in, in business. Uh, so I did that for uh, three years and uh, I was uh, then, in, you know, business kind of back before Starbucks was big, I, I would say. There was all independent government offices back then. But I decided uh, to sell. And uh, so I'd been through the process of buying and selling a business. I thought, well, I could help other people do the same thing. And so I became a business broker, and uh, that was a great opportunity because I could work with a lot of different type of businesses, you know, service, retail, manufacturing type businesses. Uh, but at that point in time, too, um, an opportunity came up. Uh, Norton Air Force Base, where I had worked at, had closed down one of the base closures, and they wanted to get things going again uh, in the economy. So um, it was kind of like a ghost town with all the cities around there. Uh, 
they were uh, wanted to get things going on the base and the roads were all torn up. And uh, so I helped write the business plan uh, for the business incubator there. And then uh, actually became the incubator manager. And that was actually managed by the Inland Empire Small Business Development Center. So that's kind of how I uh, transitioned, I guess, from engineering into economic development. So that was my first opportunity to work with the Small Business Development Center program. And uh, then uh, ended up uh, moving up here in 1997 to Northern California, become the director of the Small Business Development Center up here and did that for three years and became a dean overseeing the SBDC and other programs. And then uh, eventually um, ended up at Solano Community College here, and I was the director of the Small Business Development Center for almost 11 years before taking on my current position as the statewide director for business and entrepreneurship. So that was kind of the route I took and I went from engineering to you know, doing economic development. But uh, I've, uh, when I was growing up, I always wanted to either be kind of an inventor or a business person, too. So I got to do a little bit of both. <laughs> oh, what an interesting story. And Probably you never would have imagined that, you know, that truly is the journey less traveled. A uh, few things that you mentioned that really resonated. I, I agree with you. Everyone should work in hospitality. Um, my claim to fame, I graduated from college and there weren't a lot of professional jobs. So I got a job as a, a waitress and um, you learn so much about people and service and um, started volunteering at that time um, in the in the Ohio Senate of all places for a while and uh, learned in short order that was not <laughs> the career path for me, which yeah. is a lot of, you know, I think what our role is with students and with faculties and ourselves is, is to think about things that happen. You talked about um, being laid off and some of the recession. I think about the economic downturn in 2008 and nine, and here we are hopefully on the upside of um, solving for the pandemic. So I know um, before I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about um, some of the uh, amazing students that through your work have been supported with your efforts. So we're going to get to that. But I also just want to thank all of the presidents in the Inland Empire um, with the leadership of Lisa Kiplinger Kennedy and, and others um, that signed the Presidents for Entrepreneurship Pledge. You and I talked about that and, and just really being committed, like you said, you know, you were an entrepreneur and now you're a leader um, in the state of California. So let's talk just for a minute about some of the work that you were sharing that you're so excited about um, in terms of working with student interns and also faculty externs, um, uh, looking at different opportunities for them to learn and to share and maybe um, you know, get on a variety of career paths. So maybe share a little bit about that. And I know um, we're going to also share um, some stories from some of the student entrepreneurs uh, later on. Yeah, so that's uh, one of the things we've really been focused on this last year is kind of work-based learning. And we actually have four different student uh, uh, internship projects going on. And, you know, the, that's uh, internships, I think, are a great opportunity. That's how I actually, I mentioned working for TRW, I actually had an internship the summer before I graduated at TRW, and that's how I ended up getting my full-time job. So you know, a lot of times that's a, a pathway for students to be able to get into their career pathways through internships. So um, we've got uh, uh, several different things going on. Well, one um, is a project we're doing with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, which is uh, hosted here in, in um, San Francisco. They're the nonprofit arm of the NASDAQ. And what we did this last year, we finished up a pilot project with 20 colleges where we placed our community college students at these early stage 
startup companies that the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center was working with. And then we had our faculty as um, essentially externs working as coaches to uh, assist these students in their internships. Um, so we did that last year. And uh, those were actually unpaid internships, but we uh, we did it. Um, uh, some of them had a work study experience where they earned some credit while they went through the program. But several of the students actually ended up getting hired after their internships. So that was a great opportunity. Uh, we also have been uh, doing this last uh, two or three years. Uh, we have um, two governor's office grants that we've done uh, for student internships for the defense industry out here in California. And those are actually paid internships is through the Department of Defense Office of Economic Adjustment. And the governor's office had a large grant to uh, manage this project. So again, we had uh, 10 community colleges across the state and we placed these students at these small uh, Department of Defense, what they call small business innovation research companies that were doing uh, work to solve whatever problems the DOD might have. Part of it was around cybersecurity readiness and compliance. And again, we did that with uh, faculty externs so that uh, those faculty were the coaches to work with these students as they went through the process. And that was a cross-discipline one. We did it with uh, ICT, Information Communication Technology students and faculty teamed up with business and entrepreneurship faculty because cybersecurity is both kind of an information tech type of thing, but it's also a business issue because it's a, you know, kind of a risk management issue they have to deal with. So they work together as a team. Uh, so that's been a great project. And um, uh, we're just now starting a second grant for that. Uh, we're launching here this uh, spring and we'll have another uh, cohort in the summer and fall as well uh, of students. Uh, so we've had a lot of different uh, programs going on. Um, and we're doing another project with Citibank, too, that's kind of an internship project where they do a capstone project that could lead to an internship. So that's something we've really been focused on for our students. And it's it's amazing to see the students when they first start out. They might not have a whole lot of confidence, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, once they go through the program, they learn that what they, they can bring to the table for these small businesses. So it's just a great experience for everybody. Yeah, that sense of agency. I know our colleague and friend, Amy Schultz, always talks about that. And um there's no better joy in seeing somebody really um, start to see a better future for themselves. Um, one thing that I'm always struck by, either when I'm out in California or now when I'm virtually um, connected, is how beautifully diverse and how intentional your entire state is about making sure that that all people, regardless of their background, what they look like, what their gender identification is, that are included. Perhaps that's the perfect segue to sharing with our guests um, some of the stories of students. That's always comes back yeah. as the most enjoyable part of what we do. So let's take a pause and let's um, hear from some of these students that have the opportunity to participate in this program. motivated to join this program because of the unique opportunity to work alongside a small business. Not only that, gaining the hands-on experience from an entrepreneur themselves. At the beginning of this internship, my expectation mainly falls on having a very basic sense of the real-life business as I thought that I would not be assigned important work and the founder would not really care about the work done by a college student with little experience. However, I felt really surprised after the first meeting with my founder, who showed plenty of respect and care to me and my opinion. Later in this internship, I was even surprised that founder invited me to develop an early stage financial forecasting model for the company and vote on important decisions. 
the value I gained was an experience like no other. Working with a startup company is its own unique experience and you get to learn from start to end how a startup begins and moves forward. Especially during COVID, I never felt that I was working with anyone that was unhelpful. Everyone was always working hard and in good spirits. And this is a quality that will help you through the most unprecedented times. And lastly, I definitely, definitely recommend this program to a lot of people. Time is no problem. They are very flexible with hours. And any challenges, anything you're going through, they will help you. They instantly reply to you. Um, just to make sure everything is going well and as planned. So this program has opened a lot of doors for me. It, it has helped me prepare for the future in many ways. And most importantly, to end it off, there are many things that I learned, but what I now know that I didn't know prior to this program are, are the connections, right? The people that I met, the knowledge I gathered on marketing through the, through the company they paired me up with on investing and how helpful the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center really is. So thank you for this opportunity. Chuck, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think when we see the, the aspirations that they have and, and some of the work that they're doing, I think all of us, uh, regardless of, of our jobs, um, that's why we, we do the work that we do. So thank you so much for that. And we'll look forward to following um, those students into the future and seeing what they might do. And as we move along and then thinking about here, the next big NACI event that we have on the agenda is going to be Makeshift Virtual, which is going to happen May 3rd through 6th. I'm really excited that you're going to be there along with a lot of other colleagues in California and around the country. And fun fact, I think you and I really got connected um, through a maker project in California several years ago, where it was really the vision of um, many people to see maker spaces be a way to not only, um, you know, include everybody and help on learning objectives and, and start to get people to see agency and possibility in their lives. So maybe we could start with just a brief reflection. You go first on um, maybe the, some of the makeshift conferences that we had the opportunity to participate um, in the past. Many of them had an energy or a STEM focus. Um, I'll share a, a fond memory that I have and let's talk about um, uh, the future a little bit and what you see happening. So why don't you go first and yeah. share maybe a good memory? Yeah, so, um, uh, and you mentioned how in California, we had this big project. We actually funded 24 colleges. We had invested $17 million in maker spaces. And uh, you know, I remember um, I participated in the first makeshift conference that you had down uh, in Orange County. And um, my memory from that too is um, I actually um, uh, uh, facilitated one of the panels that you had at your conference there. And the panel was on uh, entrepreneurship that came out of maker spaces. So we had about four students that we had on our panel. So I got to uh, interview them and uh, learn about their experiences and how they actually had started a business uh, at their makerspaces. And it was interesting uh, the thing, the, yeah, the thing about makerspaces, it could be across any type of discipline because you could have you know, automated sewing machines, you could have 3D printers and all this. So I know we had one of our students had done, uh, done clothing. It's actually 3D printing of like dresses. And then another one had done furniture. So it's amazing uh, all the different things they can do through these makerspaces. And, you know, we really see this, you know, intersection of makerspaces between entrepreneurship and making. I think there's a real inter intersection there. Uh, it allows these students to kind of unleash their 
creativity. But that was, you know, the one memory I had was that doing that one panel, we had our uh, four, I think, students that had actually started businesses that came out of the Makerspace program. Uh, and um, I can tell you another story, too, that was kind of related to my past experience, too. I don't know if, um, if you want me to share one that's kind of related to Makerspaces. This goes back, actually goes back way back to 2005, 2007 timeframe. I mentioned how we had this DOD grant to help these small business innovation research companies. And the idea for that actually came from my experience way back in 2005, 2007. I actually had a um, National Science Foundation grant um, that for my own company I was working with. We were basically doing 3D, 3D printing of houses. So um, I had a project uh, we were working on. But this National Science Foundation had what they called these um, phase two CC grants. The CC standard for community colleges. And they actually give the small businesses $50,000 if you contract with a community college to help you with your project. So I actually applied for that and got the 50000 And I subcontracted with Napa Valley College with their digital design department worked with the faculty member and all their students, and they did all my 3D CAD modeling, and then they had 3D printers, so they did all my prototypes for me there. So that's where, uh, the idea actually for our internship came up here this last year to work. Uh, you know, I thought we could you know tap into the maker spaces, and then whether it's for energy or whatever field it might be, they can you know produce these prototypes for these companies. And uh, a lot of the you know companies themselves might not have access to some of the hardware we have at the community colleges after we you know, we invested 17 million dollars and bought all these 3D printers and CNC machines, and then and then the, tap into the talent pool too that we have through all of our students who can do you know 3d modeling and cad design and all that type mm-hmm. of thing so that, that was my that's a personal story that how i actually had been involved in, uh, and that's how we, we did this other governor's office grant so. yeah i i just i know it's funny as you're talking about that so many memories are flooding back into my mind but i think about nacy back in early 2015 when i just joined and we weren't really involved in making that much. We had um, a partnership with the Fab Lab, US Fab Lab, which was really cool. And I didn't really know that much about it. And going to my first Fab Lab conference and meeting other high school instructors and community college instructors, I came back and I was so excited about the possibility. A lot of it was because of people like you that you know had maybe a STEM background that had intentionally chosen um, this space. And what has happened since that time, even from Macy's perspective, is that we had the opportunity to serve as a technical assistance advisor, working closely with Amy Schultz and you and others um, on the project, and then just celebrating. I remember walking through the sort of lobby area where all of the students had come up with their inventions and how creative they were in terms of putting them out there. I think one woman, young woman that stands out in my mind was talking about one of your students, how shy she was. And she got up there on the stage and she was now excelling in chemistry, very difficult subject matter and how much that had changed her life by essentially making stuff. And I thought, how cool is that? So one of the things that we've done here internally is um, partnered with um, citizen schools and if we wouldn't have been working with you, we never would have met um, Steph Santoso, who we continue to kind of admire for the work that she's doing. Um, we have a maker fellow that works for us here at the NACI headquarters that works on capacity building. So that is a segue to my favorite memory um, at the One Makeshift Conference when somebody said, Becky, go out in the parking lot and see what's out there. And there is this huge RV 
which was outfitted with maker equipment that um, it was a student that, you know, had worked with faculty and other colleagues to put it together. And they 3D printed a sign, um, which we have hanging in our, our new office here in Raleigh, um, that he he created by doing a quick drawing in like 15 minutes. And what that did, that student and that faculty member inspired NACI um, for a project that we are hoping to hear about funding um, any day, which is our mobile innovation lab, which is outfitted with a podcast studio and maker equipment. We envision um, community college students um, to be creating that. So Chuck, I would say to you, um, I I thank you and your colleagues. I don't think that we would be sort of infused with this level of innovation had we not had that shared experience. And I think, you know, you and I can agree with everybody else that's participating that having students um, working alongside of us almost as co-creators rather than um, probably in your case, you know a lot because <laughs> you went to engineering school, but I didn't. So I went, I followed a different path. Um, but it's good to have those memories. And I think um, what we are excited to think about May 3rd through the 6th at this upcoming conference are the kinds of things that we're going to be creating in the future. So maybe as we wind down here, I would love for you to talk about some of um, the plans that you have for later into 2021, 2022, and what you would like to see um, in the future as it relates to um, interns, the energy sector, or um, anything else you might like to share. Yeah, sure. And uh, we definitely plan on participating in your upcoming makeshift uh, uh, conference here, and we're going to be sending several of our faculty will be attending and participating in that. But uh, we definitely want to continue working on uh, this, you know, integration of makerspace and entrepreneurship is a, a lot of what we've been doing, you know, in the, our sector is around infusing the entrepreneurial mindset into all the different career technical education programs. So, you know, we want to make sure the students have both the technical skills they need. So they might need to know G code for, you know, <laughs> doing all the stuff in a makerspace and all that. But not only technical skills, we want to make sure they have um, you know, the business and entrepreneurship skills so they can become future, you know, entrepreneurial leaders or start their own businesses. They might go to work initially in the field of study they're in, but then a lot of these will you know, start a business. So, you know, with makerspaces, uh, you know, integrating the entrepreneurial mindset and design thinking and you know, all those things, those are the things we want to kind of continue to work on moving forward and integrate that into the programs. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about my sector too, is we're not really a sector per se, we cross all the different sectors. So whether mm -hmm. you're working in advanced manufacturing, or you could be working in the energy field, or uh, whatever it might be, all these different cross disciplines. And that's the same thing with the, the makerspace and entrepreneurships brings all those people together. And as, in terms of, you know, um, internships, um, that's something that we definitely, um, it's a focus here in California, just on anything that's work-based learning, it doesn't have to be, it could be internships, it could be apprenticeships, it could be uh, class projects, anything that can give um, the students kind of that real world experience, I think that they need. And then our faculty to really benefit. I mentioned how we have the faculty externs. We want to continue funding those this next year too, because they get to bring back to the classroom, these real world projects and experience. And they, they learn a lot too, as far as the faculty. We've had some faculty that really, you know, had a lot of experience in industry. Others might not have as much too, but then they give some opportunity to bring back that real world experience, you know, what are the needs of business out there and then they can pass that on to their students so that's that's some of the things we're going to be focusing on uh, i think this next year is continue doing that type of work so it's a benefit for both our students and our faculty as well and then our businesses uh, ultimately too so they you know have that uh, talent pool they need to, to grow and uh, uh, thrive here in california yeah it's super exciting and i've had the chance to to 
um, meet with some of um, the uh, Biden nominees who have been confirmed and um, two of them that we're especially proud of, and I know many of you in California admire their work, um, Isabel Guzman, mm-hmm. who's the new head of the SBA. Yeah, SBA, All right. Yeah, and her uh, colleague and um, leader, uh, Julie Su, who's so impressive um, up for a deputy position. So I don't know what the schedule is, but um, we're just excited about California leading the way. And it's because I think people um, like you that are always open to pivoting and trying new things. So I want to thank you, Chuck, for the work that you're doing. I would encourage everybody who's joined us today um, to join us again at, at Makeshift. If you're intrigued about what this whole maker movement is about, I, I can guarantee you, you won't um, regret the, the people that you will meet and, and the journey that you can begin. So Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We look forward to continuing our NACI series of events. And, and thank you, Chuck. It's, it's a delight to be connected with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that listening to this podcast will help you to explore the many ways we might define entrepreneurship. Join us every other Wednesday for more episodes as we celebrate opportunity, learn from one another, and grow together. Subscribe to this podcast, connect with us on social media, and learn more about today's speakers at nacy.com forward slash podcast. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed? How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com